Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. This one goes out to all you with ugly kids out there. <laughs> all you ugly kids with kids out there. All you ugly kids. And your uglier kids. Good luck kids. with life. Man, I'm so glad. That's I'm... mean. Man, my kid's fucking beautiful. <laughs> She's great. She's got beautiful eyes, great personality, a big ass smile. She's pretty There's great. There's some ugly kids out there. There are, and I know that we're really mean for saying this, but it's not just ugly on the outside. Also, their personalities suck. Normally, six out of ten kids, if they're ugly on the outside, they're a little asshole as well. It's like, God just made this shitty person. Like, uh, Mikey from Master Chef Junior. Huh? Huh? Like for those of you out there, you know my affinity for reality TV right, and so my affinity for cooking shows. So Put them together, MasterChef Junior, my jam. Right, so for those of you who are new here, normal it's April twenty, uh, it's April thirtieth, <laughs> two thousand eighteen. When we're recording this, normally we sit here, we review a movie, we talk movies, we're married, we talk about our lives, we we'll probably have a good time. If you don't, if you're not new here, know that I'm a horrible human being yes. who thrives you already on a, know all this. walking by children, watching television on television, eavesdropping on children in restaurants, and just making fun of them like I was Don Rickles. Um, children are the funniest thing to make fun of on the planet. <laughs> they <laughs> like, really are. Like, they're just, they're this little person that doesn't mean to do anything that they're doing, and they can all go fuck themselves. <laughs> it's just funny to me. <coughs> There's this one douche on Masters of Junior. He's Mikey. He's like 10 years old from Illinois. He's got a popped collar. He's this Italian piece of shit. Like, he legit wears a polo shirt. With his collar popped. With his collar popped. Permanently. Popped. Permanently. I hope, Always. I'm glad now he's made it to the semifinals because that means he's probably going to make it to the friends and family section. Just you so see his, his dad with just, his pop collar. Yeah, just so his Andrew Dice Clay looking father with his shitty $20 gold chain walks in the room and his Adidas track pants. That, yeah. I know I also wear, but I wear them because they're comfortable. I don't wear them because they're the fashionable thing in my closet. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. So we're back on the podcast. have a lot to discuss um, we before we get to the movie. Do. So if you listened to last week's episode, you know we were kind of ahead of schedule because... A bit, for once. For once, we just celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary just a couple days ago. We made it. We didn't kill each other. Um, yeah. Celebrating that five-year anniversary, we went on a cruise, a little four-nighter uh, to the Caribbean, to the Bahamas, which we didn't see any of because we stayed on the boat the whole time. Because we're, we're cruise experts. We don't need to see the Bahamas every single time we go. Uh, had a great time with our friends Steve and Laura Real, who you've heard on the podcast hopefully before. Yeah, had a good time. Yeah, I mean, that's... Did, did some spa, did the casino... 
Played um, games. Had some good food. Played a shit ton of games um, on the boat. And also just that we brought with us. Um, that I say we ate food, ate a lot of food, mm-hmm. um, played some cornhole, had a great time. What's up? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I had to sneak that in there. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. What was her name? I, I honestly don't remember. Steve's will never remember the names. Uh, I honestly swear, uh, hand to God, don't remember names. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, oh, for those of you who can't see my face... Even though you could probably picture what it is from my tone of voice and my reactions. Mullet, Steve and Mullet decided that they were going to play cornhole with a couple of whores on this ship. That's not what happened. And then they took some pictures and tried to hide the pictures from us. Now, for those of you who have been on a cruise before. (laughs) We did not. When you take pictures, they put them up for the world to see. Everybody gets to see all the pictures. They put them up. Okay. And thanks to my six foot one <laughs> tall husband who has an affinity for wearing bright ass, stupid ass clothing. Right in the middle. In this case, a uh, Monstars jersey. A big ass zero on the front of it. With a big ass zero on the front of it. It's kind of ironic. Exactly. It's, can I tell uh-huh. my son? No, I'm not yet? done. Right, hurry up. Uh huh. So we're looking at all the pictures and then, oh, I'm walking by. Corner of my eye, catch this picture. They're quote unquote playing cornhole with these two whores. I don't care if you say they're not. I had whores. a beanbag you know? in my hand. That's not all you had in your hand, I'm sure. No, I was. I had a very strong case of hover hand going on. It wasn't touching anything. Steve on the other hand was like, "Hey, let's take a picture." Uh huh. Yeah, you made sure to have <laughs> hover hands during the picture. Who knows what happened before or after that picture? So who knows uh, what happened before or after that picture? Look, this is married with movies. You want to talk about it? Uh-huh. It's the marriage part of it. Okay. Oh, what you, were Laura? What were? You're what were Laura and I doing? Can I fucking talk what already? were Laura and I doing? You guys were getting manicures and pedicures. Oh yeah. So Steve and I yeah. had time to kill. Yeah, you had time to kill. We mm-hmm. went. What did we do before that? Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember it all. Yeah, you can't even remember. I bet. <laughs> I bet. You could go fuck yourself. <laughs> we went you? on the boat. We had fun, uh-huh. and then we went up to the sports deck, and I was like, "Oh, there's nobody playing cornhole. Let's play cornhole." We started playing against one another, and these two women. They're oh, they're girls. women now. They're women. Oh, they're women, not girls. Did you say not girls? They you were... said you said women, not girls. Yeah. I think oh, it's so they were voluptuous. No. Uh, n- nice body. They were women. drunk, and they were like, oh. "Hey, we, we, you know, we guys want to play." And we're like, "What are we gonna say? No." Yeah. Fuck say, off. "Oh no, we're finishing our game. Then you guys can play because Cornhole we're is meant happily to be a, a married men with m- children." Minimum. Four oh, people is should it? play. Oh, is it really? So then you and Steve should have fucking <laughs> waited for me and Lolly. I'm going to stab you with this fork instead of eating my cake in a cup. And I if I wake <laughs> up the baby because of this, I'm going to murder I you. I mentioned Kai at one point, so they understood what was going on. Um, to, like, inspire Steve to make a shot, because Steve couldn't make a goddamn shot. I had to carry the team. Have you never seen we Steve still play lost. sports? No, I haven't. It's <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, drink that water. Drink that water. <clears throat> I'm going to carry the team, and of course... Uh-huh. At this very moment, Steve and I are already like, fuck, if they come out early and find us, we're already going to be in trouble because this is going to look horrible. Oh, yeah, so let's take pictures, this... and then, oh, this is the best part of the Can story. Can I tell my version yeah, of the tell, fucking tell story your, that's accurate version. version of the fucking story? Go on. This little Filipino motherfucker comes mm-hmm. around the corner with his big-ass camera and says, oh, we take picture, have fun. And I'm like, what are we supposed to say? Again, uh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, so we take, okay, and Steve and I immediately look at each other like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. 
So, so what did you? What were you gonna try to do after the picture was taken? Find you guys, because we had to go. What do we have going on? Mm. Uh, formal night. No, no, no. What it was? We had to yeah, meet. no, no. It was formal night. It was formal night. We had we had more time after that because oh. I went back down and played basketball. Yeah, that yeah. Same thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, except no. Once the pictures were put up the next day, you tried to find them and hide them from us so we wouldn't find out. <laughs> Uh, 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 because uh, uh, I didn't want uh, to hear for eight minutes like everyone's heard here mm, mm. about it. Yeah. It was just a harmless photo. But you didn't even say anything. Like, you didn't even say anything after it happened. No. Like, you didn't come down and say, oh, hey, we were playing cornhole. You remember we that girl? We, we did say we played cornhole. You didn't say we played cornhole with that girl who won that spa raffle yeah. the first day? Yeah. You didn't say that to us before. It was immaterial. What does it matter? Was it immaterial? It wasn't immaterial when I saw the picture of you with her. Was it immaterial like, then? Because you were like, who the fuck is that? You made like make some well, big you, fucking deal of it. You hid it from me, which makes it an even bigger deal. I didn't hide it. I just never oh, yes. mentioned it. Oh. oh. It's, not, it's not hiding it. I fine. Didn't okay, fine. So we don't have to talk about anything about anything that you want to know. That's fine. 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 We'll see. We'll see how me not mentioning things to you goes. Hmm? 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 What? What the fuck you just said? Nothing. We don't have to talk about it. You made no goddamn sense. What? I made sense. Don't make any sense. <laughs> you stupid ass fucking cake in a cup. Anyway, we made it to five years of marriage. Somehow. Somehow. We got off the boat. And if you're new to the podcast, you know um, it's very rare nowadays that we're able to go see a movie in theaters because we do have a beautiful uh, 18-month-old who's sleeping upstairs. Mm-hmm. But we had some time before we needed to pick her up. In fact, that whole day, we had a wonderful night. Disney Springs, good dinner. Um, a nice stay at a hotel, the hotel we got married in. Um, but before all that, mm-hmm. we managed to, with Steve and Lolly, go to the theater um, and watch what's officially the biggest opening weekend of a movie of an uh, all time. Avengers, the, 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 Avengers Infinity War. Uh, saw one of the first showings, first thing Friday morning. Um, so we are able to talk about it. So... Um, I don't think we'll delve into too many spoilers here, but we'll just do a blanket spoiler message just in case for the next couple minutes um, while we talk about it. Because uh, we do, we talk about it, we don't review it or anything, just give our general thoughts. So what were your general thoughts? It was really good. It was fantastic. It was so good. I loved it. Was it was very emotional. Extremely emotional. God damn, it was like everything I wanted if you read the comic, um, it, it I could have done without a couple things. It translated better. I mean, what you could have done with, I thought, were great. Um, oh. Samantha cried. You don't have to be mean. people died. You're mean to me. So I'm going to be mean to you. I'm mean to you. You were playing fucking cornhole and doing God knows what else with somebody. So I'm mean. I'm the mean one because yeah. I got upset because you didn't say anything. Had I said anything, you would have had the exact same reaction. No, I wouldn't have. I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Not, oh, let me try to hide this picture so you don't see me with another woman. Did I obviously touch the picture? No, it was right in the middle for everybody to see. I didn't touch it. Yeah, because you weren't fast enough. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. You're such a fucking liar. I didn't even know it was there yet. You're such a liar. Yeah, okay, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Avengers was great. It was, I want to go see it again. I've been going nuts wanting to see it again because I feel like there's so much that I missed. Um, I agree. But hey, guess what? You're never going to see another movie. <laughs> well, this is how it goes. This is how it Oh, I was going to say in general. This is how I go out, then it was a good end. That's all I'm going to say. Um, not Avengers Infinity War. Today's uh, movie, which we are going to get to here in a moment. 
But um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, a lot of the critiques I'm seeing online, I don't, I don't play like you know, some characters are underdeveloped. You know, like thirty fucking characters. Um, some of the nitpicks, fuck them. I thought it was epic, uh, dope, uh, every f- cool superlative uh, I can come up with. I, it, I'm likening it to our generation's uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes, and that, like, you said I, that when we left the I've theater. talked about it uh, on this podcast before. I love a good gut punch movie, and I was hoping this was going to be a gut punch movie to set up the next one and, like, you know, you know, the big happy, you know, finale. This is exactly what this movie needed to be. Yeah. Loved it. Now, I agree. I agree with all of those things mm-hmm. that you said. Now, going back to that criticism of, Oh, the characters are underdeveloped. We've seen all of these characters before. Sure. I, and they've been fleshed out and developed for the most part. No, no, let me let me change underdeveloped. Uh some characters just didn't get enough to do. Okay. Considering like who they were. Okay. And that and that it was the focus was on some characters when people thought it should have been on others. Okay, yeah, but and it's I hard think to that juggle. It, it's hard to juggle, yeah. but it's also sometimes when there's, you know, a war or like these different phasings, especially given mm-hmm. the um, goings on of the previous movie, like mm-hmm. Captain America: Civil War, that kind of fractured everything. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that some focus was only on certain characters, oh, yeah. and it's of their course. arc, it's yeah. their story of of growth. Yeah. You know. It, it kind of, that kind of happens, like, even in sequels, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you know? Well, I'm just, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. No, like, no, I got you. Some, like, like, in the first one, there was a lot more time spent on, you know... Peter Quill and, and everything. And they're all together. And they're all together and, and stuff. Yeah. And then, then like, they kind of, no, no. they split up in the second one and you spend more time with, you know... One group versus the other group, hmm. but you see these different sides of the characters. Oh, yeah, you're, pre- you're preaching to the choir here. I'm, so, I'm, I'm 100% agreeing, agreeing with you. So I just if you have any doubts or if any negatives you hear or, or read, fuck them. Hey, you're going to fucking love it. Um, it might be, I, 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 of course, have to re-watch it. I've seen all the other movies so many times, but it would definitely be in my top three probably of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I... Josh Brolin killed it. Maybe my maybe my favorite mocap performance that's not Andy Serkis. Wow. I thought he was that good. And it was that, good. was that important. And he needed to be because of how long that character's been built up. Yeah. So. But that's not the here nor there. Let's get to today's movie. And I know some of you may be confused because you listened to last week's podcast. You noticed we had a a little um, a little a little chasm in the earnest time continuum. Um, I didn't even consult. Um, we'll do that at the end. Um, stick around to the end for a email anecdote. Um, I didn't even consult uh, Ernest Cinematic Universe expert Rich Camelucci on this. Uh, so last week we drew Ernest Rides Again. And due to some confusion... When I originally made the index cards for this, when I only had one and a half DVD towers and not almost four, I took a picture of the case and I brought it to the bed (laughs) where I could be comfortable and wrote all the cards. And I expanded 
the pictures to make the cards. And I misread the Ernest collection and thought that Ernest Rides Again was part of it. It was not part of it. So I gave Samantha the option of three different things. I said, we redraw, which I don't necessarily like to do because we have other options with Ernest. Um, I fucked up, so I'll let you pick any movie you want whatsoever and we can watch it instead, which you did chose not to do because my parents were in town and any movie that you would want to pick, you would not want to hear my mother talk over. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, and then number three was, well, I just get to pick another Ernest movie, which you acquiesced to just to get it out of the way. So, of course, I pick what we're doing today, uh, Slam Dunk Ernest, a movie uh, I watched way too much when I was a child. Way too much as an adult, too. Allow me to read the box. The court jester... Ugh. The court jester takes his best shot against the NBA. Everyone's favorite funny man has his day on the court as Ernest P. Worrell dribbles his way to the NBA. The jack of no trades has a new job as a maintenance man on the local mall. That's poor English. <laughs> his custodial colleagues have formed the most formidable City League team in town with a shot at an exhibition game against the NBA. But it will take a miracle for Ernest to be one of the guys on the clean sweep team. That miracle comes in the form of the basketball angel, played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and a pair of magic shoes. Suddenly, Ernest is the center of attention, the king of the court, the dean of dunk, but not without a price to pay his friends and ultimately the devil himself. So like I said, I saw this movie so much when I was a kid. So the Ernest movies after Ernest Rides Again were no longer released in theaters because they stopped making money. What? So they started releasing them direct to video. I think the first one was Ernest Goes to School, and then it was Ernest Goes to Africa. <laughs> you can imagine how that went. Um, and then there was, like, Ernest in the Army. And I don't think this was... Was this the last one? I don't remember. This was one of the last ones. Um, Slam Dunk Ernest. Uh, I have no problem saying on the podcast right now that there are three reasons why I am a basketball fan the way that I am today. I'll give you four. I'll give you four. Alright, give us four. Four. Number four is Sean Kemp, uh, who was on the Cleveland Cavaliers when I was in, like, the mid-90s. Uh, he was, like, the greatest dunker of his time. Guy's got, like, 400 kids. It's half an exaggeration. Um, but he just recently was traded from Seattle to, uh, to Cleveland, you know, and I thought he was the coolest thing in the world. Number three is Reggie Miller. After LeBron, my favorite player of all time, but specifically Reggie Miller, was the MTV Rock and Jock All-Star Basketball Games. Shout out to Tony Colt. I reference these way too much in my life. They were like... He sure does. So you he gets, know, gets to hear them. So you know like how like now in All-Star Weekend they have like a celebrity game that Kevin Hart like fucks around with or whatever. MTV used to do this every single year. It was a, a fundraiser for like kid literacy or something. And they would have NBA pros team up with Dan Cortez and Bill Bellamy and, like, shitty celebrities, and they'd play a basketball game, and they'd have a 10-point basket, they'd have a 25-point basket above the hoop, they'd have a 50-point basket even higher, and Reggie Miller had a typical Reggie Miller fourth-quarter game in an, a very early rock and jock that I saw many times on TV, and then I saw him in actual bas basketball games, murdering the Knicks, and fell in love with him. The two main ones, though, are... This movie, Slam Dunk Ernest, and the Disney Channel original movie, Susie Q, 
starring Amy Jo Johnson. Put her on the list. The original Pink Power Ranger. Uh, she was like a 50s teen that got in like a car accident and got killed and she came back as a ghost to help like her family's house or something. Uh, and the kid that was in the movie played basketball. Um, and I, I thought I fell in love with basketball because that movie more so than anything. But it was at the same time that I found this movie at a shitty outlet mall movie store and my grandmother bought it for me and I watched it all the time because I love the Ernest movies. We've talked about it um, on uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. That's why we're not doing these movies together because there's really no connection to any of them besides Ernest. What's well, his name? And, and Resident... Uh, Ernest Expert, Rich Kimmelucci. Ernest Expert, yeah. Rich Kimmelucci, back in uh, May of last year, yeah. 2017. Ooh, May, sh- May is officially Ernest Month here on Married With Movies. Look forward to another Ernest movie next May. It's official. We're going to do an Ernest movie every single May until we're out of it. As long as we only do them in May. Yeah, that's fine. Fine. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Rich said <coughs> that the Ernest movies, they never reference themselves. Yep. So, um... They they would not take place in the um, er, same Ernest Cinematic mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's kind of kind of floats. They kind they're they're standalones. Yeah. So the only two things that carry over are and it doesn't even this one like they're not in this one. Uh, Ned and Ernie, I think, are their names. The fat guy and the skinny guy from the from Saves Christmas, remember? Yeah, the Balkan Skull. They're not in the older, they're not in the later movies, but they're the only ones that kind of carry over. And also the fact that Ernest is always a goddamn fucking janitor, um, even though he wasn't in Christmas. But I know in, I know in jail he is. I think in Scared Stupid he is, and I think in Rides Again he was. And then this, he's part of a maintenance team. They don't trust him to clean buildings on his own. Would he has you? to be part of a team. No, I do. I, I would not. Uh, look, I mean, uh, you know how I'm going to feel about this. Uh, so, let me ask you. Uh, Should I start reading my notes? Oh. All right, it's fine. Let, let, me, let, me, let me say my piece then. Is this a good movie? Absolutely not. It's an earnest movie. It is the dumbest oh, fun so you can have. good, bad, and earnest? Is that the new yeah. categories? Yeah. I want to see Eastwood in that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Vern. That's so bad. That Get really off. just made my head start hurting. I want to see Clint Eastwood in an earnest movie really bad. Uh, I want to point out that when my, we watched this with my parents. I held this movie up next to E.T. and I said, which one do you want to watch? And you see what episode we're doing today. Um, if it was, if you told my dad we're going to watch E.T. the ride, he would have been for it. Because it's my dad's favorite ride. But there's not an earnest ride. Why, why is E.T. your dad's favorite ride? I have no idea. Oh, Be- I know why. Because before they redid it, like bef- way, way, mm-hmm. way long ago before they redid it, you actually pedaled the bicycle. True. So he was also getting a workout. Your dad it likes to stay healthy. True. And he just has no idea what's going on. No. And yeah. plus, it's really easy for E.T. to say, Bob. Bob. Yeah. Uh, so, look, it's stupid fun. It's horrible. Uh, but, like, I, I'm going to refuse to give it past a certain level of score because it has such an attachment to me. There well, are worse. We, we've talked about se- sentimental. There are worse movies. things that we've watched. Deny me that. That's not wrong. But we didn't have to watch those worst movies with your mom making comments. So, So, yeah. d- did you enjoy it? I can go through my notes first. 
Okay. Let's hear them. We also, so we watched this on Saturday, right? We just came back from vacation. We had just come back from vacation. Mind you, on ah, the... Ah, 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 I'm getting there. We watched it Saturday night. The very last comment I made, and I asked your permission to talk about this. To write the note and talk about it, because otherwise I would have forgotten, and this never would have made air, because I wouldn't have remembered to talk about it, and I know you wouldn't bring it up. So, you know... This movie, there's a lot, which I'm going to ask further, uh, a lot of emphasis on the Charlotte Hornets, right? Those great Charlotte Hornets that weren't around until four years ago. No, no, right? no, no. No, no, no. I know. Oh, I know. They went away. It, they right. Got, Is this yeah. movie why they went away? No. Is this movie why they went away? No. Oh, okay. So the 1995 Charlotte <coughs> Hornets, who was the best player on that team? Uh, exactly. No, no, they I, came back from a 30-point deficit to the clean sweep with Ernest P. Worrell on it, but the Cavs couldn't against the against the Pacers? What the fuck? This makes no sense to anything. Yes, That's, it does. Is, I'm asking. Samantha, let me explain how basketball how works does basketball in real life work? and fake life. Samantha. Real life and fake life. In real life... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not a genie. Exactly. Okay. In in fake in movie world in Ernest world, uh, you get magic shoes that are the ugliest things I've ever seen. Okay. <coughs> and you can beat a professional basketball team by yourself essentially by like forty points. No, it was thirty. They had a thirty point. They were 30, down yeah. thirty points, but then they came back. Yeah, they can come back easily. Here's the oh, thing yeah, was, yeah. So what happened when it was two professional teams with the best player in the world? You're just being a bitch um, for no reason. I asked you if it was okay to, to ask that question. No, you wouldn't, I don't remember this. <laughs> it was after the Cavs lost, so maybe that's why you didn't want to. That okay. was the day before we watched this. I know, and, I, and we watched this, and I said, oh, what? They came back from a 30-point deficit? Can I talk about that in yesterday on the show? No, you didn't ask yes, me that. I did. That's a bunch of shit. I, I thought you were referencing the fact that they, the story is they were up such an insurmountable lead, and they continue to score points. Like, that made no sense. So they're up 30 points at halftime. Ernest stops playing, and Barry is still playing out of his mind to the point where he's going to get an NBA tryout. They blew a 30-point lead! But they still had 99 points! The Space Jam box score makes more sense than this fucking movie. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. All right. There was something else you were going to reference before. I thought you were going to reference. Oh, no, I thought you were going to mention that um, we came back from a cruise to watch this movie, but I got to point out that when we were on the cruise, the movies were no better because they had Turner Classic Movies in the room, and I watched Geely like three times and Streets of Fire. Oh, which I'm sure we'll some, get to. I'm going to buy it. buy it? Not yet. It's, it's not really available on Amazon. It's some weird, like, post-apocalyptic Blade Runner knockoff with Rick Moranis and Willem Dafoe's in, like, a trash bag. It was a leather dress. It's really weird. Um, so yeah, so this was fine watching this. Uh, so you did not like this movie is what you're saying. All right, so how does nobody notice that he was floating in the air? You got to suspend your disbelief. I love that, I I love that it took it. them beating the Charlotte Hornets in an exhibition game, mind you, would never happen. Like, city leagues don't work like that. City league basketball games aren't on the radio, and they're not being commentated by some weird D-level sex doctor. 
who has more snacks in front of her than yeah. fucking gotta, Chris Farley. Gotta, girls gotta eat. Um, All right, so... No, no, I wasn't done, I wasn't done, I wasn't done. The, so, he's floating in midair. The fact that that made ESPN when in the middle of beating the Hornets, no, that should make ESPN immediately. And also, in a local basketball game, a man was floating in the fucking air. Like, nobody noticed, though. He wrote his name on the backboard! Nobody noticed. It's a funny gag. It's a very funny gag. Nobody noticed. There's a couple really good lines in this. I didn't write them down, but there's some legitimate laughs in this. Because it's an earnest movie. Cool. It's silly. Right, so look, this movie... <laughs> Thanks, John Oliver. This movie cool. sucked. <laughs> Alright. Such a bad movie. <coughs> that was my first note at the very beginning. We didn't even... The credits... Like, the opening credits well, it's were like, still on. It's dumb, young, Ernest, like, sit, sit in there, ooh. And I said, Don't throw the ball, movie. Ernest. Uh, mind you, uh, so Ernest throws the ball, it bounces off the backboard, and it has all kinds of calamities happen. Knocking old ladies over, going through cakes, ruining pasta dinners, yada, yada, yada. And then it goes in. Out of bounds. <laughs> That's a concept. Where was the ref? It did the same thing. Where in the, was the ref? It did the same thing in the Hornets game. Where was the ref? If I'm the Hornets, I'd be like, uh, what? Where was Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson to stand up and go, no? Well, if Muggsy Bogues stand up, nobody would notice because he's so tiny. He's very tiny. He's, he's tiny. A, he's a small man. He's a small man. But he's very good at basketball. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I look. This uh, was. This is a bad movie. I don't care how. Attached your to it, it's a bad movie. Okay? I know. It's an it's earnest bad. movie, man. All right, look. Those kids are fucking big-ass pussies. What kids? Those kids at the beginning? Yeah. They're pussies, all right? They're just mean jerks. Them bullied baby Ernest. Also. And I don't like when that shit happens. Also, and then. Later on, <laughs> the kids that bully uh, Barry's little kid, what was his name, Quincy? Man, don't name your kid Quincy. <laughs> Makes me think of a rest in, uh, God rest your soul, Bobby Heenan, the greatest professional wrestler, color commentator of all time. Uh, he once did a bit where uh, Bret Hart and his family were in a four-on-four tag team match. He just shits all on the Hart family, the whole man. She goes, uh, and the commentator goes, uh, and there's Bruce tagging. He goes, now Bruce, that's a dumb name. You have nine months, and the best you can come up with is Bruce. <laughs> I feel the exact same way about the name Quincy. Because <laughs> you have nine months and you... Quincy? Mm. That's ridiculous. But yeah, Quincy, like, the whole movie, he wants the shoes. The utopian flights that... uh he wants to be good at basketball. He wants to be good at basketball, uh, like his dad. Uh, but then he idolizes Ernest. It's a really half... It's not even half-assed. It's quarter-assed. It's a quarter-assed plot that, like... So the devil... Oh, I don't want to work hard. I want cool shoes. I'm going to try to say this incredibly long run-on sentence and have it make sense of what the plot is. The devil, who owns the shoe store in the mall, the is devil, trying... comma, who owns the shoe store in the mall, comma... Uh, parentheses, who looks like Danny DeVito got thrown through a wood chipper, end of the parentheses, is trying to uh, seduce <laughs> this little boy with these basketball Ten. shoes attempt this little boy with these basketball shoes to come over to the dark side. But the basketball archangel uses Ernest as a positive role model to try and convince Quincy to not go to the dark side. 
almost fails when Ernest misuses the shoes. And, and gets, Quincy steals a pair of them. Quincy steals a pair of shoes. Because, Ernest goes on the weirdest limo driver ride of all time and gets motorboated by a lottery woman. And then realizes what's going on when Quincy hates his dad and wants to be like, Ernest, Ernest gives up the shoes. They win the big game. The kid returns the shoes. And that's, and I think that lottery lady is dead. Like, she literally sold her soul, right? That's, that's yeah, the yeah, whole thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For just for some lottery tickets? Okay. That's the plot of the movie. All right. Look. But Quincy is playing basketball and gets, like, hits a shot. And the kid's like, I dare you do that again. He, like, squares up like he's doing some cool-ass defense. This little ginger son of a bitch comes up with the shittiest layup of all time. Quincy flops like LeBron James. Sorry, LeBron. Let's call it as a fact that you're a flopper. He's like, ooh, and he says, like, step off the tracks. I don't know what it was. Like, like some weak sauce. You want the bull? You better be prepared I, for the horn. I think that's seriously what it was. And then, <laughs> and then, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rolls up in an ice cream truck, and these little kids start running the ice cream truck like they're four years old, and you're just trying to be hard on the court. Whoa. Anytime you hear that damn ice cream truck go by, you always want to go outside and get some, because it's a rape van. We have... A rape van. The rapiest ice cream <laughs> truck on planet Earth in our neighborhood. It comes around like 6 37 o'clock. <laughs> These kids should be eating dinner. <laughs> it is literally a gray ass van with like four ice cream bumper stickers slapped on it. It's I don't even think it has a traditional ice cream it's truck really, window. It doesn't. It's, so it's just sketch. the front window. It's so sketch. I'm going to buy ice cream from it one day. <laughs> no. and, then, and then this podcast will just magically not exist anymore. It'll be. Widowed with All right, movies. sorry. Uh, um, diatribes aside, right, your notes. All right, all right. Well, I this was talking not about... I, I really am wondering, because I looked up... All right. So, m- my life, uh, BC, before Chris, mm-hmm. um, not really into sports. Okay. Okay? I learned... A lot about different sports, you know, mm-hmm. um, after we got together, a lot about wrestling, sure. football. I mean, I've won more football, fantasy football championships than you have. Uh, basketball, you know, I, we watch ESPN 30s for 30s. We do some podcasts mm-hmm. about them as well and everything. And the Charlotte Hornets, I thought, was just a new team. No. I didn't know. No. Yeah. So they were the Bobcats. When I started liking this. Yes. Uh, well, there were a Hornets. NBA. There was there were the, the New, New Orleans, Orleans Hornets. Hornets. Yes. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just giving a dialogue. Oh, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can prove that I know these facts. So <coughs> I thought when the Hornets moved to Charlotte, I didn't know they were moving back to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And um, what... I tried to look it up, but I couldn't really see why they honest, stopped existing. I honestly don't remember. So, something happened where... Oh, the see, team started I always get money. this. I get this confused with Seattle and OKC because New Orleans had a catastrophic uh, hurricane. And games had to be played in Oklahoma City. Proved Oklahoma City was a viable place, and then Seattle did, ditched out and left. So I always get it confused. But yeah, basically I think you're right. Charlotte they making money? Charlotte was hemorrhaging money because they oh. had very poor decisions for many, many years. Oh. And so then uh, the team moved to New Orleans, but they were granted a couple years later an expansion franchise, 
which were the Bobcats, which were horrible for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan bought the Bobcats, and then um, New Orleans wanted to rebrand, became the Pelicans, so they became the Hornets again. Remember that. I do remember that part. Want to point out that I'm pretty sure um, this movie could have gotten the shit suit out of them because I don't think they actually got an okay to be the Hornets. Because, you know like, how I know? like, the jersey numbers are, like, not on the front of any of their jerseys. They're no legitimate players. They hardly mention the NBA at all. They don't talk about the Hornets on the box as well. Because it wasn't they went against the NBA. They went against the Charlotte Hornets. An exhibition game against the, just the whole NBA. Yeah, so. <laughs> 31 I, game run right I am going to put this out there now. This movie started the collapse of the first wave of the Charlotte Hornets. Okay? What a bad theory. It, it, it did. Because mm. the Charlotte Hornets started hemorrhaging money. They started losing a lot of money because people saw this movie and said, oh, I'm not going to support this basketball team that's going to lose to these fucking janitors. They can't. These 50-year-old janitors. That guy looked like he was 50, by the way. Who, Barry? Barry. He's way past his prime. He's, he's prime old. age of NBA players is in their 20s, early 30s. Okay? I know. Barry's but, got a 9-year-old kid. Not That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> nope. Uh, but He's also got a, a 30-year-old kid. Okay? Has, because he's 50. He also has a mortgage he pays for by cleaning a mall. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Also, okay? So Monday, I'm putting it out there. Hold on. Also, the Hornets are losing to a team with a Jim Varney and magic shoes. I don't care how magic these shoes are. If you're an NBA team, you should at least be able to challenge Jim Varney in any type of shoe. Exactly. Exactly. So, I'm putting it out there, okay? They fair, fair. They, they made a comeback fair. because people have forgot. This movie was burned out of people's memories. People mm-hmm. people forgot this existed, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's is why the Charlotte Hornets, uh, the demise of the Charlotte Hornets first wave, okay? Fair, fair I'm point. putting it out there, okay? okay. Look. All right. And you mentioned it before, but I'm going to say... That bitch is a certified gold digger. This lottery lady. Irma Teradiddle. That was one of the funny gags I liked was when uh, the shoes are fighting Ernest from trying to call Irma. He goes to the phone book and there's four pages of Teradiddles. Teradiddle, Teradiddle. How many Teradiddles? That, that's funny. That's a funny gag. Sure, that's, that's a great gag. It's just... Bitch is a gold digger. Her heartbeat was a cash register sound. Fucking Kanye... Wrote a song about a gold digger. Maybe this he didn't is the inspiration. know. No, this was not the inspiration. He didn't. He didn't hear any dollar signs clinging when he put his ear to her uh, chest. In just a moment, I want to get back to Foley editing. Um, oh, but, I skipped over that. No. But um, but something that's Ernest movies that always bums me out. Man, Ernest just never gets the girl. <laughs> like it's built up, and he still doesn't get the girl because it's Ernest. Like I know. I mean, if you were a girl, would you go for Ernest? No, of exactly. course not. I mean, at least there's some realism to this. Movie. Yeah, exactly. But like this, it's like it's set up. It's like, oh, she's kind of like a dork, and she's wiping like her snot on her sweater, and she sure, she's sure, doing. she's endearing. And then like out of nowhere, for no reason, the devil just like like takes over her soul, and she becomes like this. Uh, I dream of genie sex pot lottery woman. Sure. <coughs> Who's who said a line? Hardest working cracker. I think. I yeah. Think? For a movie that did pretty well about uh, writing the line of uh, being racist at any moment, uh, the only like race things were possibly that, and then uh, the bald uh, glass nerd basketball player dude who was obsessed with Doctor Love kept calling like a Nubian queen and you know. 
called himself like a fine looking black fellow or something. That was it. Hey, we got off good. That's we one po- that, that's like a point right there for this movie. We did. Oh, and then they kept calling Ernest a redneck. Well, he's a redneck. Okay, but so okay. All right. We don't have to get into that. What? It's a podcast for another podcast. So you don't think that that's racially charged either? Racially charged doesn't have to just be one way. It can be about that too. Uh, it turned to Ernest and Ernest was like, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Ernest doesn't know. You could look Ernest right in his fucking eyes. Get right up nose to nose, look at him dead in his eyes and go, Ernest, you dumb cunt. And he'd been like, yep. Okay. Absolutely, sir. Cool. All right. Um, and then... Let's take a break from your list. Oh, what no, was... I have just one more note. Oh, I want to get back to noises as well. Is that your last note? No, no, no. Okay, I have one that. more note. And then we'll get to your favorite so, scenes. So, the... <laughs> it goes back to, to something we talk about a lot on mm-hmm. this show. Mm-hmm. Child actors. And, Oof, um, yeah. you know, the kid was a predominant role. We talked about it already mm-hmm. um, in the last... I feel, like he, I feel like he was in a lot of stuff, too. He was, I think so, but in this movie, he, <coughs> he was in a lot. He could have been a MacGuffin, if you will, of the plot of the movie. Shut um, the fuck up. But let me just say this. Quincy about- is not the MacGuffin of Slam Dunk Ernest. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> let me just say this. You punk-ass kid. Ernest <coughs> is a grown man. He decides when he wants to go to bed, don't sass your father. I put that note in there. Because it really annoyed me. Because I was like, oh, if my child said that shit to me, I would have spanked their ass and sent them to bed. You punk-ass motherfucker letting that ginger kid rub off on you, trying to be hard. Who are you trying to impress? Quincy sucked. I would rather, like... I want a sequel uh, to Drag Me to Hell, but it's just Quincy. <laughs> it's getting pulled down by Fat Devil Dude. Uh, speaking of Fat Devil Dude, so something that Slam Dunk Ernest always has is a wonderful soundboard. Uh, there's so many, like, bonks and funny noises and scurries and, like you said, like, cash register sounds on titties. Uh, speaking of funny noises. So there's, like, a, a montage, of course, it's a sports movie, a sports montage of Ernest, like, basically winning the tournament single-handedly for the clean sweep and, like, all the fantastic things he does. And for whatever reason, they found this hilarious bit where it keeps going to the same guy in the crowd getting concessions ordered. Again, it's a city league basketball game. Why are there concessions? Why not? In the crowd. They need to make money. And the, the devil, just being, like, the, the devil dude that he is, Um, like, the first time he... Uh, like, he pokes, like, a hole in the guy's soda, right? And then, like, the soda gets everywhere. And I guess, like, he still didn't like the good dude. So, the guy orders a hot dog. The devil takes a hot dog. Uh, sorry, Mr. Zamil Malik was his, his name. He's the fucking devil. He takes the hot dog from the guy who orders it. And it's in the... Well, he's passing the, the hot dog up to him. Yeah, and as he's okay. passing the hot dog up to him, he slurp, he's... <laughs> I said slurp, and I'm going to defend that in a second. He slips the hot dog out of the bun. And just gives him just the bun. And gives him just the bun. The guy's like, what the fuck? But for no reason whatsoever, they fully edited a sound effect of the hot dog leaving the bun that I can only describe as this. (laughs) It is the... Like, I'm sitting here... Make the sound again? (laughs) 
I'm leaving. I'm sitting in the room with my parents and you watching this movie, and I couldn't hold myself. I got that was the grossest thing ever. I just yelled it, <laughs> and my mom was asleep. My dad doesn't know what I was fucking talking about. Wait, your mom wasn't asleep. She was just resting her she was, eyes. She's closing her eyes for thirty five minutes, and then, and then at the end of the movie, when uh, Ernest has the ball and he's gonna try to win the game for everybody, <laughs> she goes, "Oh, did they win?" <laughs> And well, I'm what like, happened to him? Well, what oh yeah, what happened? happened? What happened? That's what it was. What happened? Mom, I can't, <laughs> I can't fucking give you the Spark Notes review of the entire fucking movie that you just missed. Oh, My gosh. father falls asleep every eight minutes. <laughs> and he's he still not fall asleep during Slam Dunk Ernest. My mom fell asleep for an entire fucking sitcom length. <laughs> and then woke up expect, expecting me Stop. to go beat by beat. <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna send her a YouTube uh, oh. online review of that everything. Cake Are you okay? Was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm gonna make you barf that cake back into the cup. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, so this hot dog, like it's like, what was the point of that? Like that hot dog didn't make that noise. What did that, what was the need of that? Just. To draw your eyes, make sure that you knew that that hot dog slipped out of. Like that this guy's so evil. Listen to this noise. I'm going to try to find that scene on YouTube and put that sound effect right here. And if you heard it, you'll know that you just burped and, and almost wanted to throw up like Samantha did. Did you have a favorite scene? Not now. Does <laughs> the hot dog slurp your favorite scene? No. Um... Yeah. I mean, it's all very bare bones. I mean, it's, it's, it, they're not scenes. Okay. <laughs> they're not scenes. <coughs> I mean, Ernest wants, Ernest wants to be part of the guys. Mind you, besides Barry, they all look like they're shitty basketball players. Oh, terrible. Here's what I love. Shitty janitors, Miguel, too. <laughs> Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Who? Is, Miguel A. Nunez Jr., who I will have a story about here in just a second. Oh, God. Um is the only other person that I remember seeing in a movie. Well, besides, I've seen Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously, and then Jay Braju or whatever his name is. I've seen him in other stuff before. But of the clean sweep guys, um, he's in Life. That's one of the guys from Life. Mm. Uh, he's the lead character in Joanna Man, another basketball movie. He likes basketball. And every, other, every time I see him hold the ball, I'm just like, you have no idea what you're doing. <sighs> nope. And they're going to do another basketball movie? So they all look like they're shitty basketball players. Um, man, this movie's Teen Wolf eats this movie's fucking lunch in terms of basketball uh, play scenes, unintentionally comedic basketball play scenes. Sure. Um, reusing the same shot over and over again of Ernest flying up the air and doing obvious goaltending. Um... But yeah, you know, it's Ernest costs in the game. Ernest is a fucking, he's such a cunt. Like I said, he's just such an idiot. Like, you want to put a team, hey, how about you not make lemonade? And how about you not take pictures? And how about you follow the instructions they give you? And then everything will be fine. And then he gets I in. think that that's Ernest's biggest. It's just, just. That's his. Ernest that's, needs to fucking chill. I mean, he's too overzealous. He really is. I mean, he means that he well. Does. Not always. I mean, he's just very overzealous. He doesn't like to take direction. You know, he he he's just a bad apple. Okay. <laughs> not a bad apple. He's just because he always apple. sees the error of his ways. He normally doesn't turn to the dark side like this. It was weird seeing Ernest in a le- in a leather 
bondage outfit? I don't even know what that was in that fashion show. I blocked that out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's your typical... (coughs) It's your typical fair. Um, Let me not forget my Miguel Nunez Jr. story as we get into MVP and LVP. Uh... So, Miguel Nunez Jr., as I said, was uh, the lead character in Juana Man. If you know Andrew Zengri and I... God. Uh, you know that Andrew Zengri and I have uh, years upon years of shitty movie gifts and pranks and stuff on one another. See the Adventures of Ford Fairlane episode over a year ago. Uh, so, Juana Man was a big inside joke when we first became friends. Because it was just ridiculous. So, for his birthday, or was it for Christmas? One of the two. I bought a copy of Juana Man, and I forged Miguel A. Nunez Jr.'s signature onto this, and I gave it to Zangri for a present, and said, yeah, this is, I have the certificate of authenticity, is what I said, because we're 15, he didn't know any better. Uh, then Miguel A. Nunez signed this. He's like, bro, that's fucking, so fucking random and funny and weird, that's hilarious, thanks. Cut to three, four months later. We're at, After he treasures this gift. We're at my house. And I forget what we're doing. We're in, we're in my room playing games or whatever. Um, and I, I was like writing something down. And I whatever notebook I had on, I was holding it up, writing it down. On the back of the notebook was my practicing the Miguel A. Nunez Jr. forgery. And he's like, what's that in the back there? I'm like, huh? And I look at it. And like as I look at it, he realizes and he goes like, no, no, and he just busts out laughing. He's like, you forged his signature on this DVD? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm going to find a fucking signed Miguel Nunez Jr. DVD. Um, of course I didn't. Uh, as I say that, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to try to find one. Because <laughs> uh, I owe him a, 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 a birthday present. Um, along with Sean Mullen's CD. So yeah, that's my Gilly Nunez Jr. story. Has a spe- holds a special place in my heart. Does he hold a special place in MVP and LVP? I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's get into it. Uh, Look, Quincy sucks. All right. Quincy's not my LVP. Jim Varney? Cool, mine too. Jim, You can't make Jim Varney the LVP. I will go to my grave saying this. I think I said on the last one. I don't think Jim Varney will ever be the MVP or the LVP of an Ernest movie, <laughs> which is hilarious. He's got the biggest, like, chance at it. Because he, like, he puts so much into it. He does a, he really does a great job at the character. He really does. He's not my MVP, but he's not my LVP. Fine. Quincy is bad. You might get me on Quincy, but I have somebody else. Who? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, he's pretty bad. <laughs> Kareem. He's pretty bad, man. Kareem. I think he, yeah. But you know what? He's had such a prolific acting career. We made him the LVP of Airplane. <laughs> like, such it didn't matter. Such a prolific... Like, I was looking it up, actually. <coughs> like, he's been in a ton of stuff. He fought Bruce Lee. so much stuff. <clears throat> like, after, you know... I mean, and he was a great basketball player. He's one of the... T- Five greatest basketball players of all time. Amazing basketball player. And he should have stuck with that rather than Kareem Kareem played till he was in his mid forties. Yeah, but then and then he started coaching. Kareem played twenty four seasons. And then he started coaching and he should have probably not bad at that. (laughs) Well, he should have stayed uh, off camera because Kareem is very bad. 
I mean, but he's been in a lot. Yeah, it doesn't. But here's the thing: like, you need a basketball player until the past ten or fifteen years ago. Even still, now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the most recognizable sports figures of all time. Oh my God! And we're recording this on April thirtieth, and he's on this season, Dancing with the Stars, that's premiering tonight. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's so, gonna be the first eliminated. <laughs> so rest in peace to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because he shattered his knees. What you doing? I love Kareem. Kareem Kareem has my favorite Jeopardy blunder of all time. You remember the Kareem Abdul Jabbar blunder on Jeopardy? Yes. When he was on Jeopardy and they asked him a question about airplane. He was the fucking answer to the question and he got it wrong. He, he did? That is true. That is amazing. That's true. Kareem is so bad at acting. I mean Every time he says a line like he's like fake talking to God, it's just like Kareem, what you doing, bro? Come on. In a movie full of really bad acting, he's he stands above them. Cause he's tall as fuck. He is. He's very he's very tall. If you wanted to give it to Quincy, I'll give it to no, Quincy. No, I think that you're right. I think you're right. I mean, he just wasn't really convincing as like this basketball angel. Basketball angel, like good, and you know he's supposed to, you know, lure Ernest away from the dark side. And I, I just, I wouldn't have followed him. All right, so congratulations to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Two-timer. You're joining a, a, an exclusive two-time list that includes Jennifer Connelly, David Spade, uh, Elijah Wood. Actually, I did uh, a little work uh, not too long ago, and I updated um, a little, an easier guide here for me. So, um, he is our fifth multiple LVP. Um, yeah, joining Jennifer Connelly. David Spade, Elijah Wood, and Keanu Reeves. What were they all LVPs for? Uh, Elijah. Let's see, let's see how good you are. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's Airplane and Slam Dunk Ernest. Jennifer Connelly is for House of Sand and Fog, and he's just not that into you. Mm. David Spade is for The Emperor's New Groove and Kronk's New Groove. Keanu Reeves is for Point Break and Parenthood. Mm. Elijah Wood is for Celeste and Jesse Forever and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, the people that wow. have the people that have uh, both there's six people that have an MVP and an LVP: Sigourney Weaver, Douglas Seal, Joe Pesci, Jason Lee, Dom DeLuise, and Pierce Brosnan. Doctor, do those. For what? Sigourney Weaver is for Alien and Aliens, and then LVP for Cabin in the Woods. Douglas Seal MVP is for Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, <laughs> LVP is for Aladdin. Joe Pesci MVP for Home Alone. The and first then one? yeah, I believe uh-huh. the first one, uh-huh. and then LVP for Gone Fishing, uh-huh. Jason Lee MVP for Incredibles, LVP for Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, <laughs> Dom DeLuise MVP for Happily Ever After, LVP for Oliver and Company, Pierce Brosnan MVP for Mars Attacks, LVP for Mamma Mia. Mia, and wow, then Wow, Chris, I'm not doing it for this one because this list is way you're too long. So good. Uh, I believe two, four, six, eight. We are exactly at 20 multi-time MVPs. I'll read who they are real quickly. Uh, the twos, George Clooney, Tim Curry, John Candy, Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling, Kevin Hart, Anthony Michael Hall, Dustin Hoffman, Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton, John Leguizamo, Steve Martin, Al Pacino, Emma Stone, Peter Sellers, Daniel Stern, and Sigourney Weaver are three that have uh, either three or four are Robin Williams, Bill Murray, and Samuel L. Jackson. So a nice little uh, list there with some weird uh, exceptions. Um, 
So not, so Kareem's LVP. Quincy's a close second. Uh, like I said, Jim Varney, he's not going to be the MVP, I don't think. I know who my MVP is going to be. Um, I mean, but Kareem was in so much stuff. Sure. You know who's in also in a lot of movies? Fucking Ron Jeremy. Early 90s? Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. Let's focus, because this is also already at 55 minutes. Um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. There always is. Not the MVP, not the LVP. So we talked about Jim Varney. I still may make a case. Uh, every, like, <coughs> like all the members of the clean sweep, there's literally two members of the clean sweep who didn't even have a fucking gimmick. Those other two guys, Walt, Walter and Tracy, I think were their names? They were just there. They're, They're just, just hanging out. There's the other members of the team. The bald dude with glasses at least had like, he, he liked Dr. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miguel Nunez Jr. was like the antagonizer, you know, like really didn't like Ernest on the team, you know, whatever it is. They all played their roles fine. You know, you know, what is, you know whatever. Uh, I didn't like Irma Teradiddle or the guy that played the devil, Jay Bourgeau, who's been in a ton of stuff. Um, but I don't think that they... They weren't bad enough to be LVP like right. Cream was. Uh, my MVP is the guy that played Barry Worth. I mean, look, when you're 50, you're playing basketball like you're 25, and you got a nine-year-old kid, good on you. This guy looked like... He portrayed his character so well that I honestly would not ex- ex- be surprised that this guy wanted to fucking strangle Jim Varney with his bare hands. Man. He gives Ernest a couple looks when he's pissed that's just like, Whoa. Ernest, run! Yeah. <laughs> this guy's gonna yeah. kill I mean, you. It was convincing. He, he did a, he was conv- Like, I thought, like, I thought that the, they, like, Truman showed this guy. And this guy, <laughs> this is actually his great, life. Well, it's funny. So I, I did a little research because apparently, um, I've seen White Man Can't Jump a uh, very, very long time ago, but he's also, like, a actually legitimately really good basketball player, which you can kind of tell. Yeah, you can tell. He's obviously leading everybody in everything. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he's, I think, has a prominent role or, like, at least as a character in that. Um, so he's always, like, kind of in these basketball movies. But I thought he was good, you know? Like, he played, like, the desperation of wanting to, you know, to get his shot in the NBA again. He was a really good father to his kid, even though his kid was a fucking asshole. Yeah. He's nice to Ernest, but then he's a exagger- uh, He's exasperated with Ernest. I really liked him. I've always liked Barry Worth. I want a Barry Worth clean sleep jersey. If there's slam dunk Ernest jerseys out there, that's A, somebody's biggest fault in their life, and B, I'm going to be an enabler because I want to buy one. I want a negative zero Ernest clean sweep jersey. This guy was 38 when this movie came out. Hey, he looks... He looks not that great. Silk Kozart. Yeah, I've always had a problem with that guy's name. So it's at C-Y-L-K-C-O-Z-A-R-T. Silk Kozart. It's a cool name. Man, this is how his IMDb biography starts. With 30 films and more than 20 television shows to his credit, over 75 million viewers in the United States alone have seen Silk Kozark's work. That motherfucker wrote that himself. <laughs> but for Kozark, it is his love of children and helping others less fortunate that led him to Hollywood and what continues to underscore his reason for being in show business. His wide range of talents as an actor, producer, writer, singer, model, bull, songwriter bull, bull, have made him one of Hollywood's most sought-after artists. Songwriter, artist. Cozart has an impressive list of film credits to his name that have garnered well over half a billion dollars at the box office, including Conspiracy Theory, 1997, Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts, 
Ron Shelton's White Men Can't Jump, 1992. Three to Tango, 1999. Matthew Perry and Nev Campbell. Love Affair, 1994. Annette Benning and Warren Beatty. Eraser, 1996. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Play It to the Bone, 1999. Antonio Banderas and Woody Harrelson. Blue Chips, 1994, Nick, Nick Nolte, Nolte and Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal. I told you, best In the Line of Fire, 1993, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, John Malkovich. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> oh, man. Look at how fucking long this is. I'm telling you, he Look wrote, at how long this shit wrote, is. Oh, my God. It's like it's like a fucking that is an essay. Ob- that, that is going to be longer than Barack Obama's obituary. Holy crap. That is insane. It's so long. Despite all that, Silk, you're still the MVP of the movie. Um, other things to call out. Put that out. on this. Erase all this other shit on your IMDb profile. Put that you're the MVP of, of Slam Dunk Ernest. Slam Dunk Ernest. It's funny, he didn't quote that movie in there. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, I want to just give us a, a, a moment to uh, other things to point out. I, I mentioned the really crazy, stupid limo scene where they're trying to coerce, coerce Ernest to join the dark side, I guess, or something. Um, man, just really bad and weird. Uh, and then the fur jacket. Yep, the fur jacket. Then... Ernest got excited going to a, a, a... Why were they having like a banquet for their city league team that was just them at it? Uh, Ernest was happy to have cloth napkins. Uh, Ernest's house has 16 teenage girls underneath the floorboards. <laughs> um, the basketball shoes uh, made a lot of funny noises. And they were talking to They were him. talking to him. Nobody All said kinds anything. of hilarity. He's randomly kicking people. He can't there. drive. No. Um, and yeah, nobody's, ma- nobody's the wiser. Even in the game, because what's the first thing he does? Does he like jump up and get the ball? Or does he race to get it? I don't know. And everyone's just like, like everyone's like gasped, but they're still like. No, they told him not to touch the ball. Yeah, but then he does do something. Yeah, but then like. He went after the, the, the loose ball. Man. This movie. So good. I want to read you the chapters. Hoop dreams, hitting the hardwood, clean sweep, hang time. Oh yeah, because he cleans. Uh, he. Uh, oh, also a shot down to the Nazi mall manager. He was a Nazi. Wasn't he? What was his name? I took offense. No, like what was um, what did they call him? Monfier. Then <laughs> like Marshall or something like. Monfier. That wasn't Monfier. Because no, the owner like. Because Ernest, of course, early on, like, causes, like, the alarms to go off, and he fucks something up, and that's, he takes the, he takes the heat for the team, who shouldn't have been practicing with their basketball hoop in the lobby of the mall. Um, yeah, so, like, there's one night they have to, cl- he has to clean by himself, and that's when he figures out the powers of shoes, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but those other two characters, the mall people, also stunk. So I want to make sure I gave them a blast down. Whew. Anything else on Slam Dunk Ernest? No. Definitely not. Score time. You technically drew it, so you go first. So I know, so, so you're right. The, one of the very first things you said when we started this show was that this is not the worst movie that we've seen. But it's also not the best movie that we've no. seen. I, you know, think... Uh, it's a little it's, better than Pocket Ninjas. It's, it's harmless. Uh, it's it, it it legitimately makes me laugh in a couple moments. Yeah, it really 
really pisses me off at some points. Like, I just got on a heated diatribe. And it also makes me suspect that this movie was the downfall of the Charlotte Hornets. You know, the National Basketball Association's Charlotte Hornets, who were champions in their time, correct? They never won an NBA championship. Who were not champions in their time, probably because they knew this movie was coming. I mean, at least put yourselves against, like, championships if you're going to really make this movie work. Um, look. All right. So I'm looking back at the scores, you know, because I, I, I want to be fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. We said we weren't going to do that and compared to other Not movies. Not compared to other movies? You okay. just got to do, like, what your gut is. Oh, what my gut is? My gut is to give it a two. Okay. All right. Because this movie... I mean... That hot dog sound alone. Sure. No, it wasn't even like that. Sure. And and like the visual too, because he like just has like the smile on his face when he does it. Also, with the hot dogs like kind of like flopping in his fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like jerking it off. He's doing like that plastic pencil trick with a yeah, hot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's disgusting. Cool. Um, look. Yeah, I'm giving I've, it two. I probably on, give seen it your this, sentimental score. I've probably seen this movie like fifty times. I don't have like cancer. <laughs> it's horrible. <coughs> Look, I, I I understand its flaws. I still I still can watch it and be fine with it, and I understand how stupid it is. I'm gonna give it a four. That's even low as I say it. A three average for an earnest movie is probably fine. We don't get to destroy it. No, we don't get to fucking destroy it. But look. Uh, all right, so recently, was it better than Dirty Grandpa? Man. Absolutely. I... Was it better than Hop? Absolutely. Okay. Was it better than... Um, was it better than Pocket Ninjas? Absolutely. Is it equal to It Comes at Night? Absolutely. Sure. Um, is it a little better than East of Eden? Barely. Nobody will ever say me, tell me that, but... Is it's it equal, our prerogative. Is can it I equal see those to cards? Who's Your Caddy? No, but that's my fucking fault. Can I... Can I see these cards? So a three for a three for Slam Dunk Ernest. Oh no, it wasn't. It's got an average of a three. Yeah, so yeah, it is better. Okay. Um, ow. All right, so I get to go into the box now. You do. So what are you hoping to draw? <laughs> Let's just get a good solid movie, like something that's like a seven. Yeah, something that's a seven. Maybe something that's also polarizing. We've been pretty on point. Very similar. God damn it. Oh, God. I don't want to Oh, the hits just keep on coming, let me tell you. no. Don't. Look, we've had a run of bad luck of terrible movies on this show. Here's another one that I've watched so many times in the late 90s, early 2000s that you will probably hate. Oh, God. But that I just have this weird, and the critics hate, but I just love Bulletproof. It is Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. I'm sorry, what? From the mid-90s. What? You've never seen this movie before? I've never seen this movie this before. This is before Adam Sandler. I think this was right after he got off of SNL before he made, like... Uh, cool. I think, he, I think he'd already made it, already made Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, but... Did he make the movie Overboard yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, I know. It's so bad. I know. Uh, this is... I think you will appreciate this in parts. Uh... James Kahn is in this for no reason whatsoever. Um, Bulletproof is next. Well, this is strange. We should probably watch ET next, but this is a really easy watch with your parents. 
He'll be back tomorrow. My parents will pay. I've watched this movie with my parents at least twice, I think. Have you? This is one of those, we rented it from Blockbuster because my dad liked The Water Boy and Big Daddy. He was like, oh, an Adam Sandler movie. Well, this is like rated R and it's kind of like filthy. <laughs> I've never even heard of this movie. You've never heard of Bulletproof? No. Oh, I'm trying to steer clear of pre, I know I've... pre-Billy Madison, Waterboy, This is Adam after. Sandler. You have no oh. sense of time. It's after? This is before the Waterboy and the Wedding Singer, but this is after Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Man, I didn't really watch a lot of This came out in 95, 96. 96. Also, Damon Wayans, man. Damon Wayans is still hot. From? What? In Living Color. <laughs> yeah. And I Major Pain, Blank Man. I don't watch any of I those I own movies. all those movies. <laughs> I know, exactly. This is, yeah, and this is the difference between the two of us and why it's such a surprise we made it to five years of marriage. This is turning into, uh, RJ, uh, this is turning into the RJ Hates Rap version of this podcast. Bulletproof is coming up very, you very soon. You're the RJ of this show. I hope that you like that fact. For mullet. No, what do we kidding. do here? We got some plugs to do. We do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to check us out on arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the other ones in our network of shows. If you go to arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets, you can vote. You have about a month left for the 2016 Mullet Awards. You can listen to that podcast on our Patreon site, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio. That's where the results will also be listed as well. Um, for our retroactive yearly awards for $5 a month to get bonus content for not only this podcast, but all the other ones in the Arcade Audio family. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review in five stars while you are there. And subscribe. Like I said, get your podcast automatically every single week. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. And last but not least, send us an email, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, or share with us your funny anecdotes, which we have one from uh, Samantha's best friend, um, one of our biggest fans, um, and it's an all-around good person who um, will be on the podcast eventually, as you'll hear here in just a minute. Samantha, do you want to share the, the email? Sure. This is entitled, A Pain and Gain Anecdote. Pain and Gain was our podcast from about three, four weeks ago. So... Back when you guys first announced you'd be watching Pain and Gain, I was going to tell you a quick fun fact, but then I found the following article. And uh, Carly links to an article titled, Pain and Gain Sex Toys Stolen from the Set. And we spent a portion of that podcast talking about those sex toys in that sex dungeon. Nothing funny about the rock slapping a plastic ass, yeah. I'm sure that there are funnier things that exist. Uh, So she links to that story, and it was a big deal. The fun fact was that my sister, Kelly... Worked on that movie, and she gave me and all of us sisters, there's four four total sisters, so Kelly has three sisters, souvenirs in the form of ridiculous sex toys from set. I was going to tell you before you recorded as a kind of funny aside, that was before I thought it might link my sister to felony theft. Then I listened to the episode and thought, fuck it, she can go to jail. The mullets (laughs) need to know this. Also, I accept your clear invitation to a (coughs) Star Trek recording of Jaws and Jaws 2. Hope your cruise was awesome. Love, Carly. Thanks, Carly. So, Carly will be on the podcast in July for Shark Week. At a minimum. At a minimum. Uh, also, uh, yeah, anytime you want to out your sister as committing a crime, we're the podcast to do that on. Um, no cops listen to our show. Nope, none at all. Unless... And, if they, and if they do, our bad. 
this is episode 195, 4, 5? Coming up on 200, if you know what we do for our Every Even podcast, every 50 episodes we go to the highest ranked IMDb movie that we don't own at that moment. We watch that movie to expand our minds from stuff that we don't own. We go out and buy it and then watch it. Um, but also we have Memorial Day coming up. we got to figure out what we're doing for our special uber-duper Memorial Day episode. We're going to do like a big Memorial Day movie. Um, no, no. We said we said there's we're gonna... not really Memorial Day. No, 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 no. Remember, I said what we were gonna do was we were gonna go. Well, so after this, we're oh, gonna box, see, like, office the Mojo, box office mojo, like the like the big Memorial Day opening movie. I cannot wait for Big Willie Weekend. It's July fourth. I know it is. I can't wait. I think we got to do it this year. It's technically two movies now, but I've been dying to watch the second one, and no. I'll break the rule for that. No, but we're we're missing a classic. Didn't Wild Wild West come out also July fourth? It did. Oh, right there. We don't have to break any rules. Because we own that movie, and I know we own that movie. Yeah, I bought that movie as a smartass, and you were like, why'd you buy that movie? And now you want to watch it? Because I'm going to have to make you suffer for making me suffer through this stupid-ass show. I guess it's only fair. Oh, Um, hey, did you know when you Google Married with Movies, we are the first thing that comes up? I'd hope so. We sure are. But then Married with Children comes up after. Yeah, good. It's a good television show. (coughs) Sixteen Candles was 195. All right, so this is 196. So <coughs> E.T. and Bulletproof would be 197, 198. And then I think 199 would be Memorial Day. <coughs> I think that works out well. And the week afterwards would be 200. Look at the calendar real quick. So this is coming out. The we're 196, fourth. 196. Close that. 196. Yeah, perfect. So 199 will be Memorial Day. And then on June 1st will be episode, or yeah. uh, May 31st. June 1st. Will be uh, episode 200. Cool. Rocking and rolling. Is uh, I think I said it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. It's like almost three hours. I'm glad we have a so much long time weekend. on our hands. Yeah. That's gonna do it for the super size episode. We said we were gonna try to keep this tight, but we had to talk Avengers. We had to talk uh, my we, parents. We had to talk hot dog slurping. We had to talk Quincy. We had to talk Quincy. I mean, we had a lot to jam in here. I feel like we missed some things. Slam jam in here. You know, if you go to Wikipedia and you look up Slam Dunk, Ernest is like the sixth result. So you know what? The Slam Dunk is an overrated piece of shit. If Ernest is that high on its list, maybe this movie is doing all right. For a mullet. You have to do it louder. The mic's not going to pick you up. Not that loud. I mean, it's got to be realistic. It's a foot long. Like that. that was fucking disgusting. <laughs> I was trying to do the sound. That sounded like Krang from the Ninja Turtles giving a tentacle job to somebody. That's disgusting. Yep. I almost said foot think, job, but he's Do you think he ever gave a tentacle job to that thing that carries it? Like the like the, the technodrome body? thing? No. The technodrome doesn't have a penis. How do you know it doesn't have a penis? It's got a brain in its belly. Well, you best believe that Bebop and Rocksteady tag team Krang at some point. Not like tag team him, but he was just like hanging out. It was just like. <laughs> From Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for Married in Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. <laughs> Nixon. You don't have. <laughs> Slurp Nixon. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Because I was going to say, you don't have to do the hand gestures when you do I am it. not a crook. <laughs> Uh, two weeks in a row, uh, 
if Tits Nixon's in a great poor name, <laughs> Slurp Nixon is a great Definitely rap slash poor name. Ska and a ska band, band name. name. Slurp Nixon. Sounds like somebody that opens for Guar. On the street, just standing guard. You look so good, and you look so fine. All the gods and the goddesses should just Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.